Hey everyone, and welcome to Cozying Up with the Clear Cut, where we get up close and personal with women that inspire us. Today, I'm so excited to sit down with Emily and May, co-founders of Dune Sun Care. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Thanks for, for having, having us. us. So exciting. I looked at the product and I am obsessed. I recently got into SPF. I didn't wear it at all until I was 30 years old and now I wear it every single day. And I was like, oh my God, I can't believe that I wasted like my whole 20s just like in the sun without SPF. Um, so I want to know what was your journey getting here? Like, I know we chatted a little bit lived in New York, worked in fashion. So I'd love to learn the journey of your backgrounds, how you guys met and came up with this amazing brand. Well, I'll preface by saying that I feel all of us grew up in that. Well, our generation mm-hmm. is like the later stage or the first early millennials. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We were raised without putting sunscreen on. No. There's so much less <laughs> education around the importance of it. And I feel like I went to the beach with my my family. I put it on initially, and then I'd roast for the rest of the day and come home a lobster. And so it's an exciting time that people are recognizing that sunscreen's the number one beauty product on the market. It's the only preventative in skincare. So we're thrilled to be in this industry. How did you meet initially? <laughs> yeah. So I, I lived in New York. I moved to New York in my early 20s. Um, I started my career at BBDO in advertising. I was like the kid that was ripping out milk, got milk ads and advertisements and putting them literally as wallpaper all over my bedroom. <laughs> and I decided I worked on the AT&T account and, you know, AT&T was headquartered down the street and was at this really prestigious, globally renowned ad agency there for a year and a half and realized very quickly that I wanted to uproot during the middle of the recession, moved to New York and work in fashion. My parents were very proud of me at that point when I announced that I was going to leave in two weeks, quit my job and sold my car for a profit, uh, which my dad was like, all right, you're scrappy. I believe in you. I believe you're going to get a job in New York. And I drove it to Washington, D.C., dropped it off, packed to the gills with all of my stuff, dropped it off to its new owner in D.C. and then moved to New York and worked New York Fashion Week the next day. Whoa. It was a Montclair fashion show flash mob in Grand Central. And from that point, I worked under the global VP of communications at a high-end jewelry company on the corporate side called Judith Ripka. And our biggest competitor was David Yerman at the time. 18 karat gold couture business. They were the kings and queens of that space. And I got indelible education for my boss, who was ahead at LVMH, Gucci, Condé Nast. And it was kind of a Devil Wears Prada scenario. I can laugh about it now because she's still one of my main mentors today. That really catapulted my career working in communications and marketing, really working alongside these incredibly renowned and well-respected designers. So basically, tragically, she's perfectly healthy and fine and thriving right now. But my boss, probably a year and a half into my job, ended up having to get um, neuro and back surgery. And so I kind of assumed her role and ended up working directly under the CEO, president and CFO. So I got this incredible experience alongside kind of like the C-suite leadership executives within this company in my young 20s. And from there, I really got the experience. 
to work alongside a number of different designers. And the last in-house position I held before I started my own consulting business was with Mara Hoffman, the famous acclaimed Mara Hoffman. I love her. You know, I've been thinking about it over the weekend. I've been thinking about it for some time now. I feel so passionately about sustainability and kind of moving our efforts to be more conscious and mission-oriented around sustainable efforts. And I either want to close down shop completely or I want to flip the business to hold sustainability at the core. So we did just that. And it was a complete overhaul of the company, you know, working with all new factories, partnering with different brands that aligned with with our mission and values, educating the internal teams on how to be more conscious in their communication or their daily work. Everything down to the hang tag was was thoughtfully sourced to align with who we were going to be in our trajectory. So it was an incredible insight into how we could flip a business from the inside out that had already had a really strong foundation. So one of the biggest revenue drivers into the business was the licensee collaboration division, which I sort of spearheaded. You know, we built successful collaborations with Swell Bottle with the launch of our activewear line. And then my favorite collaboration was a two-year deal with Sephora. And we challenged their team out of San Francisco to build the first clean beauty line, which is like an incredible thing to say, considering clean beauty is sweeping now. But at the time, Sephora really didn't have a clean beauty line at all. And that was kind of my first step into the beauty industry. So May, how we yeah. met. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to take that back a little bit and I'm going to tell you all about how we met. So I was the production director at The Gallery. We were the agency that was producing Sophia Amoruso's Girl Boss Rallies. I had emailed Emily, because she was working at the Row at Skylight at the time, to do a venue scouting. And I flew to LA, met her. We hit it off immediately. And I pretty much just kind of snuck it in that I wanted to move to LA. And she was like, come on down. And then like a few months later, I packed a few bags and like went to LA. And by the way, you're leaving out the part that May is a mega DJ. She's so <laughs> modest about it, but I always like to step in as mama bear because I'm like, this girl rocks. Yeah. She manages yeah. to be a, like a killer DJ by night and by day she's like <laughs> up at 5 a.m. grinding on Dune. The last party or event that I went to in New York was a CFDA awards like nominee party. And May was the DJ for that event. And having worked in PR, I had always seen her on lists and, <laughs> you know, the cool, the cool girl. Um, to I was, the, yeah, one of the it girl DJs in the <laughs> mid-2000s. Is that a headline? No, it is. But yeah, I basically met Emily. We hit it off. Like I like, like I mentioned before, I poached her to be my business partner before Dune Sun Care. And, and you said no? She said no. I said no because <laughs> at that time I had a consulting business and I had a number, I had moved my consulting business from New York after I left Mara to LA and I was kind of balancing between New York and LA sked time zones. What inspired you guys to come together for Dune? Yeah, so March 2020 hit. May was on a long weekend surf trip in Puerto Rico with a friend (laughs) and COVID hit. And she called me and said, I honestly believe that our careers are in the gutter. I think something 
is shifting with the world and now we have the time and space to come together. Because no large scale event production. Yeah. <laughs> right. It was o- overnight and, collapse and of our like, industries. I was an event director, like a production director for events and I'm also a DJ. So yeah. like my whole life was surrounded about like being social yeah. with people. In person. In person. Yeah. And like so and knowing me and like I don't have anything to fall back on. Let's think about like what we're passionate about. She's passionate about skincare and beauty and like I'm a surfer and traveler and like I really needed a brand, a sun care line that like resonated with me personally. I used to go into the skincare aisle because I was obsessed with learning about how to improve my skin. I always wanted to be a dermatologist when I grew up and that's really when my skincare obsession really began. And I realized that, you know, there was such a void in the market for this new, innovative, accessible sunscreen. And I was really inspired by some of the Asian sunscreens that were existing on the market that weren't offered in the U.S. And if you know about sunscreen in the U.S., it's an OTC product. In order to sell to different countries, you have to be compliant. Don't we have like a lot of stuff in our sunscreen that like isn't compliant in other countries? Yes. So you have to go through excessive regulatory to be able to, and then also introducing bilingual packaging, for example, if you wanna launch in the EU or UK, it's a complicated process. A lot of sunscreens in the US aren't compliant overseas. We actually just launched international shipping um, by way of our D2C site. So we are offered in most global markets, which just kicked off. We haven't formally announced it yet, but I guess we are now. (laughs) How exciting. Yeah, we we launched most markets. Which is really exciting. And that's part of our, you know, accessibility is really one of our main pillars. But, you know, it took us two and a half years to bring to market a completely invisible clear gel sun care line. It dispenses as a mint green gel that's fully skin tone inclusive and packed with clinically proven skincare benefits. Feasibly, it takes about two and a half years to start a product, a, a sun care product from zero. But some of our, like the main competitors, spoke mostly to women. And we couldn't understand why that was the case, considering the fact that sunscreen's universal. It's not marginalized. It's for everyone to wear every day, year round. You can't speak to everyone. And while I agree with that to some regard, I was also like, this is the gap that we want to bridge. Sunscreen's an essential item. So your D2C and yes. um, in, in, in retail s- stores. Yes, in retail stores. Yes. Like especially luxury stores or also drug stores? Like aspirational lifestyle boutiques, high-end surf shops, hotel groups, lifestyle stores, fashion stores, grocers, okay. high-end grocers. And now we're officially launched in Omnichannel, launched in Urban Outfitters. We're in the cash program with Blue Mercury. So we're in 35 of their um, shops there. We're placed in front of the store, which is amazing. We just actually visited the 3rd Avenue store yesterday, which was so exciting to see it in real life. And uh, we have a special partnership launching this April. Yes. (laughs) Oh my gosh, you gave me the cue to step in to announce it. That's so nice. Um, We have a one-year exclusive with Ulta. Oh my God, amazing. Um, So we are launching in 550 doors in April. And it was the hottest DM slide we've ever received because they (laughs) slid into our DMs. Oh my God. Month two. two. So did Urban Outfitters, I think. Yeah. And I guess the retail gods heard us and (laughs) heard that manifestation. And from there, it's been 
such an incredible experience. And I think what you said earlier, like that it's for everyone and a lot of the higher end sun care brands are really marketed towards women, which is true. Like literally my husband's like, I don't know, I need like a sunscreen for every day and a moisturizer. So I had to like get some Korean sunscreen because there was like nothing in Mm -hmm. between. So it's really fitting. Like now he has Yeah, now Dune. Now he has Dune. Sunscreen is critical for two main reasons. One, we always say keeps you looking hot. So over 90% of aging is caused by the sun. That's a real statistic. You can put, you can go to the store and buy a $300 serum and it's 100% less effective than the $6 X lotion that you're buying from a CVS. And that's just the hard truth. So, you know, men are becoming so much more familiar with skincare. They're getting comfortable with it. They're curious. They're building it into their routine. We're excited to be offering products that will change your skin as well as protect it. But melanoma has risen to be the leading cause of cancer deaths in the U.S. So that's that's a real yeah. fact. That's a hard fact. And with all of the money that people are pouring into beauty services, Botox, laser treatments, skincare <laughs> products that are overflowing out of their vanities, this is kind of like a one-stop. Yeah, um, and just wanted to add, like, and we're also trying to, like, re-educate our consumers and customer base that like no matter how dark your skin is you should still wear sunscreen which is why we really wanted to offer clear gel sunscreen that can work for all skin tones are there any you know mistakes that you made early on or like throughout this journey that you've like learned from or like pivoted from oh my god God. (laughs) one of the biggest challenges for any business owner or any company is bringing on the right people you're constantly taking risks and putting your belief in teams or people. Sometimes you have to trial and error a bit before you pivot in a different direction. Hiring the right team members is obviously essential. Fundraising was a new thing for us. Did you have any trouble or ups and downs with the fundraiser, people understanding, you know, why this product needed to exist or why, you know. We had our first fundraise about six months prior to launch. So we did a pre-seed round with friends and family. And this was like a hot tease for us because we ended up coming in oversubscribed and we closed in a month and a half. Oh my God, amazing. Um, It was (laughs) phenomenal. Yeah. However, (laughs) <laughs> it tricked us into believing that it was easy. It was going to be easy. No, we knew it wasn't going to be easy. But um, we ended up opening our seed note about three months prior to launch, which was precarious timing because May and I were the only two people on payroll overseeing every corner of the business. Honestly, were we even on payroll at that time? I feel like we were. We so- weren't on payroll. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We had zero dollars. Yeah, in our bank was, I, yeah. Just, I just had to. <laughs> Fundraising is a huge challenge. As you mentioned, raising as a woman um, is extra challenging just the way that it's been. I think the statistic is that 3% or less of female-founded businesses ever receive institutional capital, which which is mind-blowing because women are incredible. We do everything. It's unfair. It's totally, it's totally unfair. unfair. <laughs> <laughs> what is it like? working together as co-founders and friends? We love this question. We started Dune March 2020. This was the second time that, you know, I poached her to finally be my business partner. She finally agreed and we got together and started working. 
it was, you know, weird times. And like, we had just started working with each other. We've never worked with each other before. Bananas. So it was crazy. Um, <laughs> the first year was challenging, you know, and it was the middle of a pandemic. Like we never worked with each other and we're just getting to know each other more deeply. And, you know, a business partners are, we're basically married. Mm -hmm, you know? Exactly. It's I mean, more intimate. It's more intimate than, than a marriage. A romantic like, relationship. I mean, I started our company like with my husband before we were married so like by the time we were like engaged and married i was like you this hated is, him this is too the, much the, the, the <laughs> well, no, but the commitment was made like that was the bigger commitment starting yeah, a business yeah. than like actually i have so much respect for people who are yeah. in romantic relationships and work with one together another yeah. and work together yeah. i think that that is a total dance yeah like um, I need, I need separation. That's just like how I'm built. Um, but I was like really learning about her and like what her work style is. And she's learning about what my work style is and my needs. And she's a projector and I'm a manifester. And it's I like, have seen this. Okay. And it's the perfect work relationship. I'm really good yeah. at igniting and initiating, but she's, she thrives on being invited and leading. And it's kind of really worked in our favor. Um, but yeah, first year that we were working together, we had our challenges. I mean, as every marriage does. <laughs> we're in partnership. This is a marriage. I'm going to have your back. I'm going to have your back. You're going to have mine. You also start a company as 50-50 mm -hmm. founders. And you really don't know who's going to be taking on what mm -hmm. until you get into the business further. So we were kind of tackling everything head on at the same rate and level. Um, but we were learning in kind of like our ebbs and flows and whose strengths were w in which part. Mm -hmm. So we were able to refine and define who was gonna really take on what. So May now, I'm the CEO co-founder, so I really spearhead everything from, I mean, creative and branding and marketing is our background and partnerships. Um, where we've really thrived is combining our network to bring really exciting partnerships to the table across category to tap into new audiences, which was one sector of my consulting business too. Hey everyone, Olivia here. Hope you're enjoying our episode. Our clear cut collection features fine jewelry pieces inspired and designed with you in mind. Our collection is ever-changing, and each piece is handmade and made to order here in New York City. Don't forget to check it out and use the code COZY, C-O-Z-Y, for free shipping on any purchase. So I'd like to pivot for a second, yeah, yeah. just to play like a little fun diamond game, since we are a diamond Yay. So we're playing a little diamond game where I'll show you three different rings of three different styles and you have to rate it one through ten, one being the worst, ten being the best, your own personal style and why. Okay. This is so fun. All right. <laughs> let's do it. Yeah, okay. Let's... let's start with this one. This is the first one. It is a five carat oval diamond set Oof. in just a plain yellow gold solitaire ring. Beautiful. This is giving me, holy moly. This is giving me like Blake Lively vibes. Mm-hmm. Ten's the best, one's the worst. But it's like your own personal style, so. For me, this is like number one. I don't know what the other ones look like, but. <laughs> That's, wow, you went I straight to number one? Ten, wow. Because I oh, think. Ten, ten is the best. One. Ten is the best. Ten. Wow. Ten. How about you? Yeah. That's. It's beautiful. 
not an oval kind of person. So That's I think I'm, I think I'm going to be like I'm just going to say five. Wow. Wow. Okay. Middle middle ground. I'm gonna it's put mid. Up. Are we aligned as partners? <laughs> I think it's good to be different, have yes. different tastes. But yes. we, we're aligned on everything else. <laughs> Opposites attract. Yes. Um, we're aligned everything on. Okay, we got a 10 out of 10 and a 5 out of 10. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we love it. Love it. Okay. okay. Next, Want it. we have an Asher cut diamond. This one is 8 carats, um, and it has eight tapered carats. baguette, side stones, and set in platinum. Whew. Okay. What is the cut of this center's? So it's an Asher cut, which is basically a square emerald cut. So it has the step cut facet. So it's a little bit more of like an understated cut. And it was really popular in like the Art Deco period. Yeah. Wow. I mean, have to say I'm a huge fan of emerald cut and baguettes on the side. However, I'm not like a square shape silhouette Mm kind of gal. Okay. So what would you rate it? So I would rate it. (laughs) I would rate this guy... Like for me, a three. Wow, Ooh. three out of ten. Okay, so I I am a square cut okay. kind of girl. So, wow. Yeah, I would say it's a lot of diamond for me. Eight carats is a lot, and I think I would simplify a little bit, but maybe like an eight out of oh, ten yeah. for yeah. me. So three out of ten and an eight out of three ten. Three's unfair. Probably a probably a six. <laughs> you can't change your. You can't I'm change changing it. <laughs> What's the new? What's the new score? Wow. Uh, probably probably a six. Okay, okay. Right. Okay, last but not least. Okay. We have a fancy yellow five and a half carat radiant cut set with trapezoid side stones. Wow. Wow, this is very, this is like screaming um, like Belle from Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, honestly, it looks like one Belle. of those infinity mirrors at like the MoMA. It, it just like. The way it's cut, there's probably like a million cuts in this ring. It's mm-hmm. crazy. It has like a crushed ice faceting pattern. Totally mm-hmm. what you said. Mm-hmm. I gotta say, not my not my type. So because I made that a six, I'm gonna make this a three. Okay. Ooh. Um Yeah, I'm not a yellow diamond kind of gal either. Oh my god, we're aligned. Yeah, aligned. we're aligned. We're aligned. <laughs> so I'm gonna change that would be my ten. The okay. Second one would be my ten. This would be a five. Okay. Right? Yeah. So on the same yeah. level as the oval. Yeah. Okay, so then you'll get the Asher cut, you'll <laughs> get the oval, and we'll get rid of this one. Yeah. Throw it in the ocean. <laughs> oh my God. Awesome. Thank you so much for Thank playing. You. Thanks for beautiful. Wow, rings. how yeah. fun. <laughs> Love that. So we can go back and do okay. some of the other stuff. Don't forget your ring. Um, Thank you. <laughs> like not remotely on the same level yeah. as the other ones. Okay, what are the plugs? So um, tell me, like, what is Dune? What does it stand for? And what makes it different? In a nutshell, Dune encapsulates fun, inclusive, accessible, and innovative. Dune is a clear gel sun care line that is fully skin tone inclusive and packed with clinically proven skincare benefits. So it works to protect and perfect your skin. We're speaking to a universal audience. Unisex is key. Um, We've brought like amazing innovative formulas to market with really hard clinical claims. So all three of our hero products tout 72 hour hydration, which is the biggest hydration claim in the world in skincare. We always say that. So, do you need to use a moisturizer with it, or just no, you, really you can don't. just use it? Yeah, amazing. Know. We have a post sun 
we call it the mir- miracle rescue aloe gel called the lifeguard. Do you get it? Yes, I get cool. it. <laughs> um, the lifeguard is, you know, it's interesting. The post-sun space is a huge market mm-hmm. and there's really no innovation at all from what we've found. Everything that you buy is accessible by these like massive jar, like jugs. gels. Uh, yeah, <laughs> jugs that sit in your medicine cabinet for 20 years collecting yes. dust. The formula itself is a sticky goop, like neon green, neon blue, aloe that is really uncomfortable to wear, particularly after you get, say, burned at the beach, Mm -hmm. take a hot shower, put a slather it on before you get into your sheets at night. And the experience, for us at least, hasn't been good. So we wanted to create something that was totally unique unique to that space. So we formulated the Lifeguard, Mm -hmm. which actually uh, uses medical grade aloe. So traditionally, it's applied on third degree burns and minor cuts. It will literally change like a lobster red burn overnight to a tan the next day. Oh my God. Um, it evaporates immediately upon contact, non sticky, offers 72 hour hydration. So, May and I always say it's not just a post on product. We use it every day after a shower mm-hmm. as replacing like our daily moisturizer. It's your number one daily moisturizer. It's packed with good for you antioxidants a really rich plant and fruit antioxidant story it has like a little mint tingle so it feels really good especially on a burn um, but that's one of our products then and we have the mug guard and the bog guard the mug guard is for face also you probably picked up on like product description names that humor is a big part of our brand and that is to help appeal to a wider audience but particularly men mm-hmm. <laughs> So what advice would you give to, you know, an aspiring female founder, someone who might want to embark in like the beauty or skincare space? I mean, I always say it's really tough because May and I had, we always say the silver lining to COVID was that it bought us time. We had the time and space to finally put all of our time, money and muscle into this, into building what we hoped would be one of the biggest sun care brands eventually in the space, I would say just start today. Start a little bit every day. Don't get bogged down by the bigger picture. Just do a little bit each day and you'll be able to learn so much along the journey and be able to problem solve more importantly. Yeah. And then grow it over time. My advice would also be pick a project or something that you're passionate about because you're more willing to put to put all your effort into it and like sacrifice so where do you guys see yourselves and the brand in the next five to ten years oh my gosh well we have so we started a product we have a product innovation pipeline so we know what we're doing in the next five years and we know where we believe we can sit we want to rise to the top we're, we're not stopping. We hold ourselves at a very high bar. <laughs> and we're, we are, as May mentioned, we're the ultimate executors. So we just want to create products that people absolutely love and can wear everywhere. So I think with that global expansion, for sure. Um, see us in every drugstore, in every deli, in every corner store. Global domination. Global, global domination. domination. <laughs> um, that's a few years away yeah. <laughs> from retailers who are listening. I could get really personal here. I see myself juggling it all. Like I see myself as a mom. I see myself as um, maybe an investor. That would be a huge honor to get to a point in the business where I have 
some liquid funds to put money and belief into other businesses to help be a mentor to them as well and give as much advice. I always say nothing's precious for me. Like, ask me now, ask me later. I am an open book. I'm happy to, to network, share, make introductions, give you advice, be a shoulder to cry on whatever you need. Yeah, and I, I hope I have a house that I've bought on my own. <laughs> and then, I don't know, for me, my future, you're going to see me living in a treehouse somewhere in like Costa Rica or Australia, <laughs> where hopefully <laughs> I also brain. have like, like multiple houses in all these amazing countries. Wow. And I won't, an I'm not going to stop traveling the world. That's my future. I always totally joke, different, totally different than Emily's. <laughs> I always joke that if we got to a point where we moved off Dune, say maybe in 20, 30, yeah, yeah, who knows yeah, who what knows? the future yeah. holds, but May will lose my number. I will literally <laughs> never hear from her ever again. She's going to be Look, in the jungle I'm wearing a loincloth yeah. and yeah. like yeah. her phone's going to be at the bottom of the Pacific. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all right. So tell us where can we follow you, shop, all of that good stuff. Yeah. So you can buy Dune products on our website dunesuncare.com. You can follow along our journey on social media at dunesuncare. And as for buying us in the world, where, as May mentioned, we're in over 60 specialty boutiques, uh, surf shops, hotel groups across the U.S. and in some international markets. We are available on Amazon, as well as uh, select doors and online in Blue Mercury, Urban Outfitters in select doors and online as well. And then we'll be venturing into Ulta, as you know, omni-channel launch and 550 doors and online this April with some other really exciting retail launches coming up. Amazing. Thank you, guys. Thank Thank you. you. This was so fun.